Welcome to Bat Therapy, psychology of Batman, superheroes, and other comic book characters. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in the cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and educator and comic aficionado Keaton Hopkins. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube and social media and find our Patreon at patreon.com slash therapy. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Let's do this. I'm excited for this one. As you should, because it's not often that we get to talk about the best Robin, um, <laughs> the the one who is most like Bruce as far as the anger mm. issues go. Uh, yeah, the one who is a complete product of his environment. Um, the 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 one who is still more like Bruce than any of them. If yep. I being completely honest, the way he is a loner now. Today, we are talking about Jason Todd, a.k.a. the second Robin, a.k.a. the Red Hood. Yes. Yeah, I um, I think the interesting thing about Jason Todd is I feel like I think he turns into what a realistic Batman would be in the real world if you weren't in comic book land. Ah, yes, I like that. Just think about it. I mean, what what are the odds that you could go around and just martial arts and beat up people and and that would work? I mean, dude would probably have guns and be shooting up people. That's probably what would end up happening. Well, especially given how often Batman's villains keep getting out. Like, they get out, Mm -hmm. they kill hundreds of innocent people, they get caught, and then two weeks later, they're Surprise, out again and it, yeah, and it yeah. happens over and over and over and it's one of those things where i wonder and i know batman understands and i understand his whole no kill rule because the thing is mm-hmm. if if you think about the when, when i think about the no kill rule it isn't necessarily that oh this villain doesn't this villain doesn't deserve to die. I don't even think that's what it is. I think it's because they know once you kill one, yep. what stops you from killing another one that mm-hmm. you feel meets this same criteria? I think that's what yeah. it is. It protects the heroes more than it protects the villains. Yeah, you know, having certain black and white, yes, do this, no, don't do that, I definitely think helps to... Yeah, like you said, I, I I agree with you that it in some ways helps the heroes more. Obviously, the villains get a benefit out of it; they don't die, um, but they get to keep killing. They yeah, they keep keep yeah. I'll just keep escaping and doing my thing. I I think it helps the heroes be able to more simply say, "Look, here's a very obvious difference between us and the villains," so they don't inadvertently be seen that way. That's why I think a lot of times. The Punisher or even Red Hood in certain storylines, they're more anti-heroes. They're not superheroes. They're not villains. They're kind of this gray area. 
And yeah, just having something where it's like, okay, so here's hopefully something that keeps me from sliding into those gray areas and sliding. Okay. So day one, it's the Joker. So Jason Todd's particularly upset that the Joker is still alive. Makes sense. Uh, But then, and he's like, well, the Joker's different. Okay. Well, the Joker's different today, but then once the Joker's gone, who's the next just as bad? They're now the worst. So they'll become the new Joker. Then once you get rid of them, okay, then the next almost as bad, right? And so right. your your measurements change about who's the worst and that if you become more and more, you become more and more extreme over time or your the grays blur more and more. So yeah, I think you're right that it, it definitely is something that I think helps the heroes feel more comfortable in their role for sure. Yeah. And here's here's another thing about Jason Todd. So Jason Todd was the second Robin. He mm-hmm. became Robin after Batman caught him stealing the wheels off of the Batmobile. Um and that's his so that was his I believe I want to say that, that was like one of his first origin stories and his first origin story is actually pretty messed up because basically Killer Croc feeds his family to crocodiles and they oh were also trapeze artists and so then they redid it and they were like oh he got caught stealing the wheels off the batmobile which it's funny because in that issue batman thinks it's absolutely hilarious like he is tickled he loves it because it is absolutely hilarious yeah yeah i love all the he talks about all the different things that lined up so that he could actually steal the wheels off and it was like yeah i guess it's meant to be i also (laughs) respect that when he catches jason it's because jason had stolen two wheels and then he was coming back to get the other two like he's like i'm not gonna i'm a (laughs) i'm a completionist (laughs) like batman saw something in him right then he's like a man that rounds all the corners. I like it. Like <laughs> he doesn't Here's, skip. He doesn't. He, he crosses every T and dots every I. I respect that. Yep. Here's the issue, though, is that I, I like what you said about him being the most like Bruce. I, I think you're right about that. Out of all of the different Robins and sidekicks in general that he has, he's the most like Bruce. And and. We've we've talked a little bit before about uh, he's kind of a father figure, but he's not really doing it to be a father figure. And a lot of it is balancing him out as Batman and how much of it is his need versus what they might need. Yes. He wasn't ready to be what a Bruce Wayne child, yeah. what, what him as a child would need. He he wasn't he wasn't in a place where he could do that. And I think because he wasn't able to do that, it kind of created that sibling rivalry you sometimes see in families where yes. kids seem pitted against each other. Mm-hmm. And so here you, he's the second Robin. Yeah, because Bruce brought him in after Bruce and Dick Grayson had mm-hmm. a falling out. And it was yep. after Dick Grayson had become Nightwing. And yep. so... Yeah, he that's when he decided to bring in Jason Todd and he was a lot more rough around the edges than Dick was like Dick Grayson was always happy. He was he was pretty he was he was definitely sad about the things he had been through, but he still had 
he was still optimistic. Yep. He was still he, very much optimistic, which was balanced, very different from Bruce. Yes, he balanced Bruce out. Yeah. And then you have Jason Todd where Bruce has to actually parent. Yeah. Oh, and, that's a good point. Yeah, I like I like the way that said. Yeah. And yeah. And so here's the thing. So later he has Damien, who you could ar- argue is more broody than all of them. No. <laughs> but that he's kid. already gone through <laughs> Jason Todd and he he's had a few. Um he, he's had a few Robins cycle through at that point. But to have the second Robin um be such a contrast from the first and transition from I mean, really, in some ways, Dick almost parented Bruce or was a friend to Bruce in certain ways or supported Bruce in certain ways. He was, yeah. Versus Jason Todd, where I think Bruce felt the need to step up, but he just was not prepared for it. So then you have this, okay, I'm being brought in by Batman, which is fantastic. But I'm also being compared to the perfect of Robins. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like Bruce brings in Dick Grayson. And in Bruce's mind, he's like, I'm bringing you in. I'm taking care of you. And I'm drafting you into my war against the evil criminals of Gotham. And Dick is just like, uh, okay. I get to do flips and stuff. Okay. I mean, yeah, I know how to do that already. I guess my resume fits the bill. Alfred makes good sandwiches. That's cool. Right. And then on the other side of that, he brings in Jason Todd. It's like, I'm drafting you into my war on crime. And Jason Todd's like, there's nothing I love more than to beat the hell out of criminals. Like, yep. he, he is so much more Yep. And different. then the irony is, Bruce is like, I'm doing this so he doesn't turn into one of them. Right. It's like, um, <laughs> not the best choice, bro. Right. Right. <laughs> It's yeah, it's like, oh, let me like, oh, this guy has anger issues. You know what? He should be in the military. Like, wait, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we help someone. Yeah. Maybe you know, we think about this a little bit more. It's, it's definitely an unfortunate choice that he has where he doesn't seem to think of, oh, well, maybe there are these other. Op- uh, Leslie, Leslie would have been nice to. <laughs> come in at this point be like remember bruce how we talk about there's more than one way to justice and your way is not necessarily the best but yeah he's he's essentially i don't want him to become one of these criminals and rightfully so this is a a a a kid who's had a really rough go of it Mm -hmm. and he's i mean he's been he's been stealing to the point where it does not it doesn't cross his mind how ridiculous it would be to steal the wheels off of Batman's Batmobile. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, let's do this. So he's he's definitely coming from a certain angle where, yeah, there are some traits, there are some things that have been going on for this kid that he is at risk. He is at risk of becoming a long-term criminal. Definitely. Uh, but at the same time, Masked Vigilante isn't exactly as far from being a criminal as might be useful for this kid. Nope. A mask, the, the, <laughs> a, a, like, seriously, if, if Batman was to stop a bank robber and take $10 for himself, he's a criminal, right? At that point, it's exactly. like, oh man, you done mm-hmm, messed mm-hmm. up, Batman. <laughs> well, and that's, 
that's why it's so important, right? You were talking about earlier for the heroes. There are certain things you just don't do. But, and then you've got the anti-heroes and the people in between that kind of blur the lines a little bit. But really, there's a lot in common between the heroes and the villains when you look at these vigilantes. And, you know, we're going to get more into Jason's story, but this is what I find so interesting. Is Jason Todd was beaten to death by the Joker. Yes. However. And I know this because I actually still have the original issues. Mm. Joker did not kill Jason Todd. Everyone voted oh, to kill right. Jason Todd. He, I always forget that. He should have a chip on. He deserves to have a chip on his shoulder. Because <laughs> when he came back, in my mind, <laughs> it's it wasn't the Joker that did it. It was everyone else that straight up called yep. that number and was like yeah kill his ass right like it was like yep, wow yep. that was a straight up black mirror episode right there <laughs> it, was <horrible. laughs> it, was, it was horrible and so they always thought like wow i can't believe how evil joker was i'm like oh you can't like <laughs> <laughs> well and so there's a rumor and i there's a rumor that one person managed to set up some algorithm so that they could vote the entire time um and the vote was so close that this one person literally was the one that and made the decision i don't know how true that is that's such a that's such a batman villain sounding thing right that's i, I a, kind of wish i kind of hope it's true because was it, does it the sound joker like, like he was I like know, no man. no no i vote to kill him <laughs> <laughs> well yeah the vote was close uh and yes people voted for it isn't that so interesting yeah I, you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of when we when we did our episode on on the joker actually it was the season when we talked about the dark knight and we talked about the two fairy boats mm, yes and we and we talked about how they there's a difference between how how in your face is something and how how much can you kind of put off the responsibility from yourself. So they voted to, you know, one of the ferry boats voted to blow up the other one. And so it was easy to do the voting, to do yeah. something super violent and terrible. Granted, yeah. they might die too. Um, but then someone else does the dirty work, right? Uh, and that's the part they struggle with. So yeah, here they go. They say, hey, you guys can vote. And it's like, oh, you guys are going to do the dirty work? Like, yeah, let's see him go down. Yeah, I'll draw it. I'm just the artist <laughs> doing the will of the people. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to kind of delve into some Jason Todd stuff? Yeah, absolutely. And so like, so this is the thing. So he dies and then he originally is resurrected during crisis on Infinite Earth, something dealing with Superboy Prime. I can't remember. Yeah, I find but, that so confusing. Yeah. and then. Talia Al Ghul notices that he's super injured and roughed up and um, puts him in the Lazarus pit. Well, the Lazarus pit kind of messes with your mind, brings you back mm -hmm. very much enraged. But Jason never really loses focus of who he's angry with. Like he's angry at one, 
the Joker for killing him, but two with Bruce for not dealing with the Joker. It's like, and yeah. and it what's so interesting is he even tells Bruce, like, listen, I get it. I get it. You have a no kill rule. But this is the Joker. Yeah. I'm not I'm not talking about Cobblepot. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. Basil Carlo. I'm not talking about Croc. This is the Joker who has done so many horrible things and this is like and and so and this is post killing joke so he's mm. already um paralyzed uh Bar- barbara and she's oracle like he's yeah. he's done all of these countless horrible things to so many people that he that jason's like fine you can have your no kill rule but joker has got to go. You cannot keep doing this dance with him. And that's why he is so angry. And what makes it even more interesting to me too, is that it is a, it's a family dynamic. It's a family dynamic. It's essentially a kid being angry with his parents for a mistake they made. Well, And that's actually what, what I was going to say is, he keeps saying it's the Joker. It's not the Joker. Yeah. Be- because think about it. Who does Jason Todd go out and kill? Anyone the hell he wants. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He he does not. Uh, okay. Sure. 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 Yeah. Moral comes about. No. 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 He plays by a different set of rules than Batman does very clearly. So so that's kind of one question mark. But another piece too is yes, but this is the Joker. Look at all the terrible things he's done. But at the end of the day, yes, it is about family and it's a family hurt. Mm-hmm. It's a hurt of a parental figure with the son figure. And what he can't get over is because it these little snippets show he's like, how could you not kill him after what he did to me? Yeah. That's the part he cannot get over. Because it seems like, once again, he was the second Robin. And the first Robin was a happy kid. Oh, yeah. He could, he could make jokes and, and pull Bruce Wayne and Batman out of himself a little bit, kind of. Yeah. Versus Jason Todd always being told how to correct himself, trying to be put on the straight and narrow, all of these things that he's told to reel in about himself. And so... He already has this kind of sense of inferiority and sense of um, kind of being put up against the first Robin. Mm -hmm. And then I'm alive again. And here's just something to bring all of that back with a vengeance. The Joker killed me and you did nothing. That's what he sees. I was killed. Your son was killed and you did nothing about it. And he, yeah, that's a serious, serious chip to have on your shoulder. And Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the things I like about Jason Todd. That's very realistic. That's a very realistic feeling to have, to feel like that prodigal, that prodigal son, that outcast. Uh, It's a very, 
I think it's something that resonates with everyone because you got to think that not only is he angry for Bruce not basically avenging his death, but he also just feels forgotten yeah. about. Yep. He just feels forgotten about at that point because it's like, wow, like you just moved on. You just kept. You, you've had two other Robins since then. Oh yeah. Then. You just, yeah. You just caught him and locked him you up. You swapped me out. Yeah. You, you caught him, you locked him up. You knew he would get out again. And then not only that, but now I see that you're, you have a collection of Robins. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, and the first time that we see him, is and this is where it gets a little confusing he's he helps hush yeah he yeah he helps hush and then at some point it was the real jason todd but then the real jason todd swapped out for clayface it gets weird there are a few weird moments i i think how he's brought back to life is weird oh yeah definitely. Uh, the, the animated movie i think they try and simplify that a bit i i forget how but they they tried to take out the way i don't know infinite crisis gets weird at times yeah. so there yeah, was they a little weirdness that. it went straight to the lazarus bits i think yeah yeah just movie. uh let's not worry about that part so that's a little weird um things were a little weird when they talk about hush so i think hush wasn't that the first introduction to oh my god jason todd might be alive yes and so in hush fantastic uh love the comic um but in Hush, he sees someone that he thinks is Jason Todd, but then he figures out that it's actually Clayface pretending to be him. But then this rendition says, actually, <laughs> it was Jason Todd at first, and then he swapped out for Clayface because the whole point was like <laughs> tricking Bruce and making, you know, just kind of confusing him. Like a so, Scooby-Doo episode when they just yeah. keep pulling off more masks. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's exactly like that so that part was a little weird too um but despite those kind of weird points yeah there's like you were saying there, there's something really nice and, and real about jason todd just the the hurt the family dynamics that come into play and i feel like he is really a catalyst for helping other bat family members actually share what's truly going on with themselves rather than letting Bruce kind of overshadow everything. Yes. I think that they all see Jason as the example of we can't let it get like that. Like I think even mm. especially when Damien comes in, it's like there there's so many times when it's like, okay, we cannot let Damien become what ended up happening with Jason because Jason does come around. I absolutely love his um his story. He does come around and he does even find his people with uh yeah. the outlaws and the dark trinity, which I absolutely love. Um he does eventually find his place and his role and even comes back around to the Bat family, but before that there's a ton of animosity because even when Bruce Wayne is gone during battle for the cow, he mm. shows up and he's like, you know what? I'm Batman now. And I have these guns and I'm going to kill people. And I'm just going to go on a rampage. 
And, and he like tortures and kidnaps people too. Oh yeah. And he makes Dick Grayson step up and be like, you know what? <sighs> Fine. I guess I have to be Batman because otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, here we go. <laughs> otherwise, got this guy just giving out smoke like it's nothing all over Gotham. And we're not going to have a job tomorrow because he's just going to take them all Everybody's out. dead. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs Arkham and when Jason, you can just send them to be cremated? Like, and, and Jason Todd's <laughs> like, I don't see the problem. Yeah, this is, this is easy. This is this is gonna be yeah. fun. Yeah, he goes dark. Um, and actually, for me, I have to say, battle of the battle for the cow feel he feels the least Jason Todd to me. I have to admit, in that storyline, I feel like they just wanted wanted him to go full villain in that, but you don't. Get the Jason Todd feel as much as you do in other storylines. Yeah, like Red Hood. Yeah, like Under the Red Hood. Like that's, you really get a sense for him and what his struggles are and where the violence comes from versus Battle for the Cow. He gives zero shits. Mm -mm. Um, And he's he's just like, well, I'm going to shoot people up. So he, for me, he feels a little bit. A little bit too Frank Castle. Yeah, and almost like, you know, just one-dimensional in a way yeah. um, in that one, because I think it, he he felt more shock value to me. Yeah, but- he's the main, he's essentially the main villain in it. Like, he's the, yeah, yeah because, and I understand why they did it, because they needed someone there for the dichotomy of what Batman should be versus what yes. he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But like you said, in Under the Red Hood, it was really good because the the reveal was so mm-hmm. good. The reveal was yep. really so well done. And the way that Bruce reacted to it, mm-hmm. knowing that Jason is finding out Jason is alive. One, he's absolutely heartbroken, but also just shocked, like jaw just yep. on the floor shocked. Meanwhile, Jason is just angry. And so yep. that's interesting when two parties, one is enraged and the other is just completely shocked and surprised. Like that's mm-hmm. an interesting mixture. Well, especially, yeah, especially because, um, well, I, w- I would argue that Jason Todd has a lot going on underneath the anger, but yes. he definitely covers up a lot of stuff with anger. There's a lot of hurt and abandonment That's a good and other point. things going on. Uh, however, yeah, there, there can also be this thing too, where especially with anger, a lot of times there are a lot of, there's a lot of jump into conclusions and assumptions that we make. And a lot of times with anger, we see other people as doing things intentionally and so I think he might have seen here. Here's Bruce freezing up, for example, and he's seeing that as, see, you don't actually care about me. As opposed to, no, this guy is literally in shock and trying to process this information and feeling a ton of guilt and right. trying to kind of sort through. Um, or, you know, I, I think there are a number of ways that Jason just as much as he's like Bruce Wayne, the ways that they're different, it created such a disconnect that he really believed, I think, that Bruce did not care. These are signs that you did not truly care about me. When actually, I mean, there's there are all these things that show his grieving process. And yes, Bruce tends to bury things under the rug. But he literally has his Robin uniform 
in the bat cave yeah hanging there for himself yeah he doesn't ever to torture forget. himself yeah he ba- yeah he puts it there it's like oh i can never let this happen mm-hmm. again but, but jason doesn't yeah. see that no absolutely not jason yeah he, absolutely he not. doesn't he doesn't know that part of things and, and the anger kind of clouds everything. And so, yeah, like you were talking about, a lot of times you might end up with someone who's angry and someone who's immobilized. And then that feeds off of each other. Then you get more angry by, look, the, this person has a lack of reaction to me even telling them and showing them my anger. So right. then they get angrier. And then the angrier that person gets, the other person becomes even less mobile and less able to kind of process and figure out what to do and it can be a vicious cycle yeah and on top of that too with like you said all of those emotions going on he didn't immediate he wasn't out here immediately going after batman he had enacted a plan to deal with all of these criminals he's like i'm gonna just take control of it i'm gonna take out the Mm -hmm. big ones and i'm gonna take control of this and that's how i'll fight crime like he still Mm -hmm. has this idea like you know what I know how to solve this yeah. problem and, and screw Batman. And, you know, I, I guess I will take back a little bit of what I said about uh, Battle for the Cow because it does show these hints of just how violently cruel he can be mm-hmm. and brutal he can be in Under the Red Hood because he literally makes all the gangsters and mobsters and everybody like shake in horror when they see the things he's done to the bodies of yeah. the people. Uh, so he's doing some brutal stuff from it, the get-go as the Red Hood. It's very interesting to me because at a certain point, like, I want to know where the line is. Like, what was done <laughs> because of the Lazarus pits and what oh, was just Jason? Because the thing is, and this goes back to Batman's a weird sense of justice, uh, Jason Todd should be in prison. He should be under the jail for some of the stuff <laughs> that oh, that sure. he has done like he should he should definitely be under the jail and they go into that some because um after battle for the cow he ends up in arkham for a while yeah. and he actually escapes and becomes like the arch nemesis to dick and damien batman mm. and robin and he even has like a sidekick named scarlet i think yeah yeah yeah. scarlet and her parents had gotten killed by professor pig and so she's all about killing criminals too and he has like his he's like red hood and he has his own little evil robin character (laughs) (laughs) and so like yeah it's it but yeah he was in arkham and it's one of those things where i'm not sure when it happens but um batman just kind of is like yeah red hood's with the bat family still and he stop killing people for the most part and i'm just gonna sweep all these other bodies under the rug that he clearly killed like you know and so (laughs) you know part of that could be nepotism well yes (laughs) nailed it (laughs) and and nepotism and the intense guilt that Bruce felt and the grief that he had felt and then realizing that his his essentially his son was out there and then realizing that he hadn't been there for him um i think a lot of that stuff 
probably culminated in just a feeling of, I have failed this person. And it's also a good point about the Lazarus pit. It's a convenient out in some ways too about, okay, well, maybe this isn't all him. Yeah. Um, And so maybe there are things we can do to help him shift out of that. Um, Yeah. It's, he's, he's a very brutal character Mm -hmm. and you don't, you don't always fully realize it. I mean, you got to pay attention to all the little details, but he, yeah, he's, he's a very brutal character. I, I think that's a really great question though, about the Lazarus pit. What, what's the Lazarus pit? What is him? And also at what point, when does that matter? And when doesn't it? Right. You know, just, just kind of like anything else. So, there are explanations for our behaviors and at a certain point when if you have what we call decisional capacity if you're able you're able to communi- communicate and make your own decisions and all of these kinds of things at a certain point you are still the owner of your actions yes um so there's nothing to indicate that he is out of control of himself in terms of like you know his he can't control his own brain. He It very much seems Jason Todd still. But yeah, what would Jason Todd be like if let's say he was brutally beaten, he might have died, et cetera, et cetera, but somehow he was brought back and healed without the Lazarus pit? It's an interesting question. Yeah, that that is an interesting question. Now, the thing is, DC had an easy out because mm. they had this, uh, after the return of Bruce Wayne, shortly after that is when they did the new 52 ah. and the new 52 reset things. Now it did keep, um, it did keep like Jason being killed by the Joker. It kept that, mm-hmm. but everything else is a little bit iffy as far as the murders yes. go and all that. Like they kind of, uh-huh. and so in the new 52, he comes back and it's, uh, it's red hood and the outlaws. And I admittedly am not very familiar with Red Hood and the Outlaws. I just know they exist and have seen when they kind of peek into other comics. Yes. So, yeah, he he basically forms a, a, a team with Arsenal, who is basically the disgraced uh, and uh, sidekick of Green Arrow, who mm-hmm. went through his own thing. He went through a whole lot of substance abuse issues and everything. And then... Starfire, who's also an outcast from her planet, and just it what makes it work so well is all three of them are outcasts. They they all don't they don't fit in to the world that they used to fit in. He's not Arsenal's not Green Arrow's sidekick anymore. Starfire isn't just the princess of her planet anymore. Red Hood is no longer Robin. And so they're all to they're they're all in this they're all like working together, but what makes it work even better and what I love so much about it is there's no judgment from one another. Mm. There's no judgment from one another and all three of them end up becoming better throughout the series and I think it's because there's that lack of judgment. It's like, yes, yeah. we've all been through it. We're all dealing with stuff. And it's kind of it. I think I've talked before about like the difference between 
sympathy and empathy. Like mm. he Red Hood is Jason's working with people that knows how he that don't necessarily yeah. know how he feels, but they get that sense of the world doesn't want me. They can directly relate. And I, I think you're hitting on a, a really important point too. So so let's take let's take Bruce Wayne Batman and how he treated young Jason Todd. And now you are talking you, you mentioned how the comics kind of allow themselves to cheat a bit. So we might be talking about different characters and one of them might have a more violent history than the other. But taking that question mark out, so Bruce with young Jason Todd, he's trying to quote unquote fix him. He's trying to put him on the straight and narrow. Um, Don't do this, do this this way. He's always feeling like he's being corrected or judged. Mm -hmm. And it's coming from a good place. Bruce is trying to help him um, make sure he doesn't end up on the wrong path. But sometimes what can inadvertently happen is that what is being done is like you're talking about. So a person might not feel like they can truly be themselves. They might feel ashamed or withdraw, or maybe these feuds start building up between them and someone else because they, they just feel this kind of critical eye versus here are these people who can relate to one another and there's not judgment. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people fear, well, if there's not judgment, what's going to keep people in line? What's going to make them better themselves? But the very act of being truly seen and people caring, no matter you know what's happened and still seeing you for you, can actually be the very thing to help free up a person to be vulnerable, to see not just their flaws, but what they have going for themselves and grow those pieces of themselves. And like you're talking about, become better versions of themselves, not different people, but just enhancing themselves for the better. Yeah. And, and so I, and I even, even their name, I loved it. Red Hood and the Outlaws. Like I just, I always loved that. And then later on Arsenal and Starfire gets replaced by Artemis and Bizarro. And it, which is funny because they become even more of the other side of DC's Trinity because DC's Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Ah. and now you have Red Hood, um, Bizarro, and Artemis. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And, and they, they literally started, they, they started calling them the dark Trinity, uh, because of that. And I'm just like, stop. My heart can only take so much. I love this. There was so much. There was so much edge. Like, I could not read those comments without putting on Linkin Park. Like, there was so oh. much edge. Oh, my gosh. So edgy. I absolutely loved those comics. And, yeah, if you get it, if there's some really good uh, runs uh, in those series. But one of the things that's really good about it, though, is, like I said, they all end up becoming better working together but there's not that judgment because Mm -hmm. it you look at all of them it's like i can't judge you all of them have made serious mistakes whether it's the really bad drug addiction that has caused arsenal to do some really bad things or the lazarus pits or bizarro like just not feeling like he has a place in the world because he's a science experiment basically gone wrong and artemis uh, and her backstory and all that And so all of them have enough baggage Mm. that they don't judge someone else's baggage. Yeah. 
which is hard to do. That's hard to do because even, even when you do have baggage of your own, sometimes it's difficult to look at someone else and be like, huh, at least I'm not that bad. Right? Like it's hard sometimes not to do that, but, and this is definitely a fictional world. They, they make it work because there's just, there's no judgment there. Cause it's not like red hood's going to suddenly start acting more like Bruce. Like, you know what? No, absolutely not. I won't (laughs) stand for that. And, and, or like the, or the way, and Superman can be even worse. The Boy Scout, like he can be, oh, yeah. he can be on another level too. And so it's, it's I, I always really liked these comics. Just, I, I just, I really, really loved this particular group of more or less misfits that that found each other. But they're what? still out doing good things. They're still that like that's the thing. What makes it even better is once the newts 52 shifted over they're still heroes like they're still saving lives they're still they they have their own way of doing things um and yeah it still gets pretty brutal at times but they are the good guys well and i wonder if part of what makes them such such an an interesting group of people and and something you get drawn toward is okay so i mean one of the reasons we like batman is he's raw he's human but still he holds to a very strict set of rules for himself pretty obsessive about those kinds of things and barely human yeah exactly barely human and i mean superman we don't even need to explain that one but you have all (laughs) of these superheroes and yes okay uh, they show imperfections in them and whatnot but not to the extent like like Jason Todd, Red Hood, or these other characters are talking about. And to really show just a, a number of different human flaws in these characters. And then, like you said, and they're still doing good yeah. now. It might get a little interesting sometimes. But, yeah, I mean, isn't that just the down and dirty of real life. Yeah. And so I, I think that's why some of these characters too, it's like Jason Todd. I mean, you and I were talking before this and, and I was like, I really want to do Jason Todd. And then I went, well, but is he a villain? And you were like, you remember what he did? Yeah. I'm like, I think, I think we could put him, I think we can put him in there. I think he but has you, a spot at the table. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it is, it's, he's definitely one of those where you go, where you can forget. Because you see all the human parts of him. Yes. And I, one thing we did not touch on is how much uh, Jensen Ackles nailed Jason Todd in that movie. Oh my gosh. I just, because I'd already started watching Supernatural then too. Mm -hmm. And so just hearing it, I'm like, ah, Dean Winchester's Jason Todd. I love this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was so, it was, he was the perfect. Uh, the the perfect voice for him. And what's interesting is I don't think we've gotten him in any other animated movies since that one. I think yes, we have. We did. Yes, Which we one? Have. Which one was he? He's in? been Can't he's remember. been Batman. Uh, Long Halloween, right? Okay, isn't that him? I I think that oh was gosh, him. I can't. He's definitely done Batman in an animated movie, and I'm pretty sure it was Long Halloween. Okay, I'll I. You know, you know what? I'm trying to think if I ever even got a chance to watch those. 
Yeah, it's two of them. There are two parts. I can't remember if I finished oh, gosh. the second part. I, I I'm going to watch those as soon as I finish recording tonight. I feel horrible. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's been Jason Todd and he's been Bruce Wayne. So he's been father and son. Now. Oh, no, no, no. I was talking about Red Hood. Like, it, has Red Hood been in anything? Oh. Yeah, I knew I Jensen, Jensen Ackles. Ackles. Okay, no, no, no. I, like, I knew Jensen had nah, done. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah. I meant Red Hood. Like, I don't think we've seen him. Uh, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Is he? Um, yeah. And what's that one where? What's that one where Batman disappears and Batwoman's trying to find him? Is Red Hood in that one? Oh, I can't. I get that one. Was that one Bad Blood? Yes. Bad blood. I can't remember if he shows up in that one. I'm I get them all. I get them all mixed up. But um, but he does show up in um the live action Titans. Yes. Jason yes, Todd is does. in that one, and he is every <laughs> he is every bit of angsty as you would oh want him to be. He's, yeah, he definitely. You kind of want to punch him in the face. Yes, wanting to I was about to say. I like. <laughs> Jason Todd was my favorite Robin. He's not my favorite Robin in Titans. In Titans, I'm like, <laughs> I cannot stand you. You're the worst. Dude, he nails it. Yeah. He nails it. He does. He does it so well. Um, and his backstory is interesting in that one, too, because it's involved with, like, the Scarecrow, and mm-hmm. it gets it, it gets pretty intense. But, yeah, I really love what they've done with the Jason Todd character i'm glad Mm -hmm. that they brought him back because he stayed dead a long time like a lot of the time comic book heroes if you see them die it's like oh wow and then a couple years down yeah yeah. maybe a year maybe a year but he stayed dead for a long time yeah he stayed dead for a long time and i don't think and as of right now gosh i think i don't think they've brought back alfred yet since city of bane I think uh, he's I don't still. Talk about it. I think I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I'm still not <laughs> fine with that. I'm still not okay. And yeah, yeah, that's so sad. But moving back to Jason Todd because I don't want to grieve Alfred again right now. Um, yeah, he. What do you think? I wonder what would have happened with him if he had not died, if he just was brutally beaten up, but he didn't die. I think that. Um, I think he would have still had that chip on his shoulder, I think so too. but yeah. I think Bruce and Alfred would have been there to kind of help reel him in and contain it. Um, I'm not sure what would have happened with the Joker though, because I think once he healed up, he, he might still have that exact same attitude about, um, about Joker. It's interesting because I think it happened and in the original comic, I think it's his mom that like sets it up, right? Like it's his his Oh yeah, the the search for his father. And, yeah, it's is even it for worse. His dad or for his mom or yeah. It's even it's worse than his mom and him both get blown up. And like and so yeah, I don't even I'm not sure how it would have played out. Like it's yeah. because like I, yeah. I I think that Alfred would definitely be more equipped than Bruce to to try and and reach him but would still struggle and I don't know why 
But I think Talia Al Ghul would still end up in the picture. I I feel like he would she potentially. Does. Yep, I think he would be drawn toward the League of Assassins and what they do. Oh yes, definitely. And and because he wouldn't have been essentially broken goods yes. <laughs> in Ra's Al Ghul's mind, he actually might have become part of the League of Assassins. I think it's really funny, especially. Yeah. What were you gonna say? It's, I was going to say it's really funny because at one point when Damien does become Robin, he feels the mm. need to challenge all of the other Robins. And of the course. way that he challenges Red Hood is he puts a crowbar under his pillow. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Damien. Oh, Damien. And it's funny because, of course, all the Robins being different, Tim Drake is kind of just like, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Dick thinks it's Dick thinks it's hilarious. He's like, dude, you don't need to prove yourself. And Jason Todd's like, I will kill you. I have no issue whatsoever. <laughs> He's like, you want to go? We can it. go. Like, I do not. <laughs> like, okay, if that's how it's gonna be, <laughs> so come get a taste. Like, he's <laughs> the the difference of all the Robins is just. Reacting it's to so Damien is so excellent. It's so good. Yeah, I, I love all their different characters. <laughs> and and yeah, I think I think with Jason Todd, one of the most interesting things with him that stood out to me that I wanted to make sure to mention during this episode was at one point he says, I've killed, not murdered. Oh. Yeah. So I I wanna say Batman, some someone is like you know, you're murdering people. And he goes, I, I've killed, not murdered. And I, I think that is just a, a just perfect summary of Jason Todd's character and how, how he views what he's doing. Yeah. And he's such an, he's such an integral part of Batman's story too. Like you mm -hmm. can see how Batman oh, yeah. is different. Because of yes. it. And the Joker has my favorite line when um, I think it's in Hush when he defeats Jason Todd because Jason Todd is about to kill the Joker. Uh, and uh, I think the line that Joker says is because Batman, I think, batarangs Jason in the neck and Joker just mm -hmm. goes, wow, you still found a way to win, but everyone lost. Like it was <laughs> just like, gosh, that's. Perfect. Like the story of Jason Todd is like, oh, good. He's back. And no one is happy. <laughs> Everyone is unhappy about something in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. The Joker, it's so funny because he comes in at the end. And, and it's essentially Jason Todd trying to force his dad to choose differently. Yeah. And he does the exact same thing, essentially. He he keeps everyone still in motion. He finds a way to not have... J it's like, Jason's like, it's him or me. And Batman manages to make it neither one of them. And you think keeping them both alive would be the best. But yeah, then you have the, the Joker cackling and being like, somehow you made it so everybody loses. And it's and what is bad, and I think it's a mistake that that people make, is equating a certain action to being proven love like i think jace mm, i think one yeah. of jason's mistakes it wasn't it was that 
what in his eyes, Bruce killing the Joker would prove yes. that he loved him and that he cared about him. And it's like, no, Bruce did love you and he did mm -hmm. care about you, but Bruce still has his rules. There's still things he won't do. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I always thought that was a really, really interesting thing with Jason. Cause it's like, no, that is not how you're going to get <laughs> Bruce to prove that he loves you. Like he's not going to do that. Well, and I think that Jason has a good point because I, once again, I do think he, he's an interesting addition to the Bat family because he, he does bring things to the surface. And I think he brings to the surface how stubborn Bruce is and yeah. how unyielding. And that's not sustainable in relationships. Right. Might make you a great Batman, but it does not sustain relationships. On the flip side... I mean, we could argue that Jason is probably just as stubborn. You know, he's not necessarily flexing himself. Um, but yeah, you're right. He He's so fixated on here's how I will know if he saw me as a worthy Robin, if he cared about me. And he just, he's so hurt. And then that layers on the anger that he can't see past it. And he's not able to... I don't know, maybe maybe in later storylines, but definitely, definitely it could have been such a powerful moment. He could have seen just how much Bruce cared in those moments when Bruce realized he was still alive, but he was too angry to see it. Right. Yeah, it was all it was all he was too too far gone. Too far gone and too enraged. And it it does it does happen more often than not when someone is seeing red it's very mm. very difficult to get them to just calm down it's yeah. it's very it's it's very difficult they're the ones you know that need the mindfulness exercises in those moments when they're seeing red like that you know yep 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 and he's yep. literally wearing a red hood it doesn't get much more on the nose than that <laughs> Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. And I'm educator and comic aficionado, Keaton Hopkins. Check out my TV and movie reviews on YouTube at TeenJVS. Check out our website at bat-therapy.com, our Bat Therapy YouTube channel, and follow us on social media. And don't forget our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bat therapy. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.